0: Hello, my name's Sean Shaler, and I can tell I'm bad at life because I only own cheap, common video games, and I don't even own that many of them, and I've never even played a lot of them, and I pretty much suck at all of them, not to mention at every other game ever made, but even if I have no idea how to be a gamer, I think I can still get some joy out of all these stupid things by meticulously researching, reviewing, rating, ranking, and documenting each and every single one of them, because nothing says good time like games and spreadsheet data entry. Sure it's gonna feel like a quantity-over-quality lightning round because being literally horrible at playing video games makes me a terrible source for in-depth information, but I also don't remember where I was going with this. Anyway, I had a perfectly relaxing week this week, so there's no better way to relieve the stress from that than by blasting some 8-bit 6-shooters. And also machine guns, and grenades, and sci-fi weapon power-ups, and whatever it is that tanks shoot. And also don't take this episode title too literally, I'm just selling out for views with catchy titles. In reality, I felt like playing Heavy Barrel, thought up an episode title, then grabbed any NES game off my shelf that had some combination of top-down and guns blazing. So let's tear off our shirts, put on our headbands, and practice our best 80s action movie impersonations because we're about to get dropped into enemy territory with nothing but a truckload of ammo and Game Genie codes for infinite lives because good gravy these things are hard. Heavy Barrel was developed and published by Data East as an arcade-to-NES port in 1990. It's a fairly standard one- or two-player run-and-gun from kind of a three-quarters top-down view, where you're armed with unlimited bullets, a few grenades, and plenty of weapon power-ups, including the titular heavy barrel weapon itself, on a mission to reclaim a nuclear missile silo or something or other from some kind of sci-fi terrorists. The audio visuals here are all good, especially relative to other Data East games on the console. I've always liked the sprites and the vivid color palette, and I think the music is pretty underappreciated. It has some design issues, and it's one of those games where your character has to be too close to the edge of the screen to make it scroll. I think 3 out of 5 is a fair rating, and it's definitely worth the current going rate of $11. I have a lot of nostalgia for playing this game with my younger brother with that cheat code on where you don't take damage but it also makes you invisible, and personally it is my favorite Data East NES game. Jackal is also a port of an arcade game, you'll notice that being a theme here, called Top Gunner, and was developed and published by Konami in 1988 for the NES. You and potentially one friend each control a military jeep, literally dumped into enemy territory, driving around shooting almost everything in sight but all vehicles aside, it still plays more like a top-down run-and-gun than a standard shooter. In this game, the levels feel a little more open for exploration, the color palette feels a little more muted, the narrative and POW rescuing give things a deeper vibe, and it all combines into an experience that feels kind of serious, especially for an arcade game. I really dislike the music and prefer my games a little wackier, but those are my only two gripes from the short time I spent with it. I'd say it's a 4 out of 5, and at 12 bucks, it's something I recommend for most NES owners. I don't know what kind of order I'm going in here, so let's talk about Akari Warriors, which is an SNK arcade cabinet eventually developed by Micronics and published by SNK for the NES in 1987. One or two shirtless, headbandit commandos are, as usual, dropped into enemy territory, but this time with sad-sounding little pea shooters and a few grenades in a slow, repetitive slog of a game that has few redeeming qualities. The best advice I can give you for fun or success in this game is to find a tank and go fast. It's probably the most common game in this entire episode, so I think I and many others probably have some misplaced nostalgia for it, but it's painfully slow and repetitive, it has several bugs and frustrating design choices, and frankly it's just not very good. It's a 2 out of 5, and even at just $7, I think only NES enthusiasts need to consider it. At least the music is pretty good for a little bit, I guess. But sticking with SNK, they did get better in my opinion. Akari Warriors 2 Victory Road is a fever dream, and Akari Warriors 3 is more like a run and punch, but both seem to have some minor functional improvements over the original, according to the internet at least, as I've never played either one. I don't feel the need to though, because 1988's Guerrilla War is comfortably SNK's best effort in this video. It's just like Akari Warriors in every way. Except for faster and more frantic and more interesting in every way, with some added variety in the form of saving captives and unique terrain and vehicle segments. It also comes with the added bonus of obviously being a 100% literally accurate history lesson about Che Guevara and Fidel Castro's defeat of the Batista regime in 1950s Cuba. This game gets 4 out of 5, and just feels like it accurately captures great arcade energy on a home console. If you're very literal about the phrase top-down, run-and-gun, I think it's the NES's best in this very specific subgenre, and at 13 bucks it's another one I recommend for most system owners. So bear with me on the next three games because none of them fit the subgenre quite so well, but they fit the mood I was in at the time, so I'm going for it. Gun.Smoke is a top-down run-and-gun in a literal way, but this arcade-turned NES game by a Capcom in 1988 is really a vertically-scrolling shooter. It has an Old West cowboy coat of paint, and in the NES version you use either A, B, or A and B to fire Diagonal Right, Diagonal Left, or Dead Ahead respectively, which combine to make it feel really unique from other vertical scrollers of the time. It's bright, frantic, arcadey fun that translates fairly well to the NES despite the unusual controls. I'm waffling between a 3 and a 4 out of 5 concerning rating and recommendation, but I think I'm going to go with 3. At least a slight majority of NES owners will enjoy it, but I think it probably has a smaller audience, and the price tag is a smidge higher right now at $19. Smash TV is a Williams arcade game developed for the NES by Beam Software in 1992. It's purely a twin-stick shooter, probably the best-known early one along with Robotron 2084. I'm doing it after Gun.Smoke because it suffers from a similar issue of the controls not translating extremely well from arcade to NES. It's set in a Running Man-esque dystopian future where you enter a single-screen room to gun down wave after wave of human enemies just for some 1990s game show prizes before moving on to the next room. I have tons of nostalgia of enjoying this with my brother, and that's without even realizing how to use the two-controller one-player setup for better twin-stick play until literally like five years ago. Today I emulated for ease of video capture, but I just wanted to note that doing this is wildly uncomfortable with two Xbox 360 controllers on my computer. This game gets a 3 out of 5, and as an adult I now recognize that it plays far better elsewhere. The Super Nintendo version is probably the best home port from the time due to the better controller setup. But it's still a lot of fun that right now you can get for 10 bucks. Last but not least, the Lone Game, pun intended, on this list that didn't come from the arcade and actually never came to anything anywhere except the NES in the US, The Lone Ranger, developed and published by Konami in 1991. It's an action-adventure game where you complete tasks and gather items to advance the game, but in a variety of gameplay formats. There are some first-person maze-like segments, some 2D platforming segments, even some zapper compatibility, and many prerequisite top-down sections, and you're armed with your trusty six-shooter for all of it. It looks and sounds great, it packs a surprising amount of polish considering the variety of gameplay elements, and it's good to both the source material and the Old West theme in general. Certain sections are pretty frustrating and hard, but there's just so much to love here, I think it's a top 50 NES game in a 4 out of 5 though its hefty $57 price tag means the physical version is probably only for NES enthusiasts. I certainly wouldn't pay that, it's only in my collection because it came from my parents' house, likely via garage sale in the mid-90s. I've listed each of today's games in an Excel sheet with some data that will ultimately be my master list, and just for fun, I've ranked and listed each by a poorly defined, tight-ass collectability factor of how integral I feel they are to my collection. This made-up metric is mostly value-driven, I like a collection full of good, cheap games, but it also takes into account uniqueness and the likelihood that I'll actually go back and play it on said console. Mostly it's my gut reaction and it doesn't really matter, so don't overthink it, I guess. For me, that means Guerrilla War, Jackal, Heavy Barrel, The Lone Ranger, Gun.Smoke, Smash TV, and Akari Warriors in that order. Guerrilla War and Jackal are certainly the easiest to recommend overall. The Lone Ranger is pricey but excellent and exclusive to the NES. Heavy Barrel packs nostalgic and dare I say hidden gem punch, and I feel like I'm just repeating myself now so I'll try to stop. Remember if it belongs in this video but I didn't play it, it's because I don't have it so I don't want to document it. I did think I had Akari Warriors 2, Victory Road, and Commando, both inexpensive top-down run and gun options that would have been a better fit here than some of the others, but they probably technically reside with my parents, and I know Akari Warriors 3 exists too of course but it's a little pricey for my taste. For everything else, if I missed it, I probably don't have it, forgot about it, or am unaware of its existence, so hey, please tell me what I'm forgetting. That's all I've got for you today, but I enjoyed this start to my nerdy collection documenting quest, and I look forward to another round soon.